Hey everybody! So, this is Christy Plotkin. I am the writer and director and creator and artist and probably more things than that, but I can't remember. And with me, I have... Uh, hi, this is Alexiel, the uh, kind of co-director, kind of potential artist, um, casting director, creator of a couple characters, and Lexington. How are you today? <laughs> so so we're pretty excited, because here we have the first episode of Eye for an Eye. You know, it's really come a long way, hasn't it, Christy? Oh yes, oh yes. This, this story has been in the process of being made since I was 13, so... Was it really that long ago? Six years. My god. Seven years. I'm not sure. I'm turning <laughs> 20 tomorrow. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, right now we have John Bell talking, and uh, the narrator was actually a very last minute addition to the show, as we got to episode three, and it seemed that there were, like, problems understanding where people were and everything. Yeah, originally Eye for an Eye was going to be a, uh, a comic, so a lot of the things that happen in the script would have been in, uh, you know, visual form, so the narrator was a great addition, and, um, we were really fortunate to get this John Bell, because... He's absolutely fantastic! Fantastic! He's the only man who can make listening to the credits amusing. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Originally, uh, I was doing the credits in a very kind of faux male pirate voice, but... And it actually was pretty entertaining, It I was entertaining, but not as wonderful as John Bell. Thank you so much for coming aboard, John. Yes, and, and all that fantasticness that you bring to the show. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, yes, we've skipped over Greg as the sailor, and right now we have Laura Freshett as the whore. Mm-hmm. She makes a very lovely whore. Very Apparently lovely. she gets typecasted as whores and queens. Oh, wait, no, just whores. Might very, be queens, too. I can't remember. Very nice, Christy. Yes. And there's John Bell's voice again. John Bell's voice again. <laughs> he's always such a pleasure to listen to. He is. He's got a fantastic voice. It, it kind of reminds me of um, sort of a, an old sea shanty pirate and then mixed in with Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> But but that's amusing beyond reason. It's so it's a huge good. compliment. Huge compliment. Mm -hmm. Oh and the, oh, this is Larry Fallon. Oh, Fallon rather. Larry Fallon is uh, going to be joining us later on as well. Not as the barkeep. He's <laughs> not going to reprise this small little role. Yeah, there no. can there can only be so many you know bars out there, and not one guy can run all of them. Mm -hmm. You know. Yes, but but we have we have big things in store for Larry and. Oh, we have a lot of people joining us after this episode. Really and it's funny, actually, because at least three three or four of the people in this episode will come back later as other characters. I think it was because there were so many bit parts and we had so many great people mm -hmm. audition that we wanted to give them more of an opportunity to work with us. And so, uh, if you listen closely, you will hear some familiar voices in the upcoming episodes. Oh, uh, yes, 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 you will. <laughs> you will hear one voice that will get extremely familiar, at least by, I don't know, episode three, four, something like that. Here we have Robert Macbeth, who will be joining us later, too. <laughs> and Scott Vinicombe. Oh, uh, Scotty. Scotty, Scotty. Uh, I can't wait for, for next episode. Oh, man. <laughs> He was a, a, a late addition character to the original comic, wasn't he? Reese was. Um, see, the cast, or, yeah, the characters that started with Eye for an Eye are, um, are Eric and Crida, Save and Damien. Lexington, I did not 
have in the comic until I met Alexiel, because it Alexiel was my muse for Lexington, <laughs> which is why, of course, she gets to play her. Of course, I'm <laughs> even so though she doesn't want thing. to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah. Oh, and then Lazierge was one of. Oh wait, um, yes, uh, the guy who runs the pirate crew that threw Damien and Save in the hole. He was an original character too. There's a poster of the original character somewhere online and somewhere in my room. Yeah. It was a very nice poster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the great thing about a story that um, takes such a long time because you have additions, you subtract things, you got great new characters coming mm-hmm. in. A lot of inspiration for this uh, is credited to um, an old friend of ours, uh, Alicia, 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 Alicia Oshner. Oshner. Yes. That's right. As she, in fact, helped me create, um, uh, we should save that for the next commentary, <laughs> because her characters don't appear until then. Yeah, she, she created characters that add a lot of, um... Or rather, she helped flesh out, uh, two characters. One, one character was inspired by her, and mm-hmm. I created, um, in, in amusement of what she did with her writing skills, mm-hmm. and then she helped flesh out a character... That Scotty Vinicom plays in the next episode. We're saving that for next, um, next commentary. <laughs> next commentary. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So yes. here we have um, character Eric stumbling upon the uh, eyeless woman who is washed up on the docks. Yes, or rather, he's stumbling upon her laying out in the <laughs> in the back alley. <laughs> in the, yeah, in the back alley. As if there's no more pathetic place to be passed out. <laughs> Unless you're in a garbage can in a back alley, that's pretty bad, huh? Yeah, but they don't really have garbage cans, so... That's true, they just throw everything out of pots onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh god, don't you love old times? It's gotta be really gross back there. Yeah, Makes but... it even worse to fall back there. <laughs> what was he even doing back there? I have no idea, maybe he was looking for old syringes to wash in you. Or maybe, like, dead sick animals he could work on and... Oh yeah, that'd be so fun. I should know, I wrote him. I should know, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alex, what you do in your private time makes um, me amused. You know, it's it's because I don't hang around you as much, man. I yes. miss you. I've done some what's happening now? Dumb things. Oh, this is the scene I hate because, okay, so because this episode was originally written without a narrator, I had a lot of things in here that uh, were done for the purpose of moving the story forward without using a narrator. And then we added the narrator, and I kind of had to keep certain things in, otherwise it would get kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. On the retrospect, yeah, thinking about it, being that I play Cry, I could have just taken the character out, but no, I had to go and write the uh, narration for that part in, too. But anyway, so yeah, this, this scene was in the original comic, actually, which is the only reason it got kept, I believe. There was also a scene in which she goes hunting around for a hat, steals it from a guard. And then there was the scene uh, where she tricks the uh, the guy who owns the wig shop to climb up to the top of the, the shelf. Yes, because she wants this disgusting wig. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, no, but that, that didn't get put in because I wanted to get on the ship. I didn't want to spend too much time in Lundaport because... The fun part is when they all get stuck on the ship. It's the journey that makes everything worthwhile. It's like finding the Holy Grail, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this is quite a journey, as she has no clue what she's doing. Uh, you know, the best plans have no plan. That That's how we work. All right. Oh, I also have to comment. While I was recording this uh, particular section, 
my stomach kept grumbling. And it happened to be in the script, so the fact that it was grumbling anyway, and it ended up grumbling up until, um, up until I was recording the lines, sitting down in, uh, scene five with, uh, Riley. <laughs> That's just fate. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So then I had some ice cream after that, and I was all better. It's really cold. <laughs> yeah, we're over here by the beach, and it's, it gets pretty foggy over here and during the winter. Your horse is gonna freeze. Oh no, he's got his winter coat on. Lucky bastard. Don't mind the the sparse comments about horses and you know. Alex owns a horse and whatnot. Yeah, I love him though. He's cute. He is cute. I named him after Samwise Gamgee. Yes. Uh, John Here's Bell. John, John Bell. John Bell. We are almost on to scene five. Four. Are- this four? Is, four. is it scene four? Okay. This is scene four where you're about to come in. Awesome. Except first we have Laura Freshett come back as the whore. Because she has, she has such a sweet voice. She does. She? It it was it was a very nice voice. And is see, a very nice voice. I don't voice. see why she gets typecasted as a whore all the time. I, w- I could see her playing the ingenue. Mm-hmm. Honestly. She's got that, that nice oh oh yes. Oh yes. I'm beautiful voice. <laughs> you know? Indeedly. She's well, she plays uh, Queen Desmeral in The Orkyman Diaries, which hasn't come out yet, because Elaine gets to make that on her own time. Look out for The Orkyman Diaries! Coming up soon! <laughs> <laughs> we'll write it. Uh, yeah, there's more we could plug, but... So many more. The coming up of... soon, it, it... I don't know when it's coming up. <laughs> coming soon, The Adventures of Tim the Vampire. Oh. If only. But we have to write it first. <laughs> Well, we've written ten pages of it. Anyways, sorry, we are off track like crazy. It's okay, that's what a commentary's for. That's true. Oh yeah, so she goes, she happens to run into the whore that she ran into before, which doesn't give her a clue that she's about to run into the same tavern that kicked her out. Huh. But then again, she has no memory, so her, her thought process just kind of, woo, yeah. <laughs> out the it's window. Like <laughs> we'll die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... I needed to stop ca- basing characters off myself. Oh, here well, you are! Here I am. Yes. It was, uh, it was interesting, wasn't it, to, uh, kind of figure out what accents to use for each Oh, yeah, because this doesn't take place on Earth, if I haven't made that obvious enough with all the talk of these foreign lands like Aelia and Solglen, which just don't exist on this Earth. And these other, you know, gods and deities. Yeah, Branya, uh, Giala. <laughs> you know, whoever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We worship them, sacrifice the goats, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's not too different from our own Earth. It's just, you know, a yeah. different culture, really. And Lundaport is quite possibly the most, um, I don't know, European-American uh, stylized uh, place. As um, I think Solglen was slightly based off of Japan. Um, only slightly, though. They don't talk like the Japanese. Although two of the major characters from Lunda are uh, mainly Irish accented. Yeah. Um, well, actually, well, Eric has an Irish accent. You have an Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley's got an Irish accent, or yeah, that's kind of Irish, yeah. I think. And then, and then of course you got the other, the chap and the fellow and the sailor who. Yeah, but they're sailors, so they don't have to have an Irish accent. Exactly, they can be from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then Ari's got. Hmm? Ari has an Englishish. It's between. Yeah, it's between English. They're and close Irish. enough. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, boo hoo, boo hoo! Gotta <laughs> say. So since we were jibber jabbering along, uh, basic storyline: 
poor tavern girl trying to rally up a crew to go and find the kidnapped prince of their uh, little community there. Yes. Uh, well, it's it's actually a pretty big continent. It's just that the capital of Alia happens to be right next to Lundaport because mm-hmm. Lundaport is so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It makes a lot of money. Um... <laughs> It's in a good place. It's in a very nice place. It's in a place. good place. Plether is in a good place. Uh, Solglen Major is a terrible place to be, but makes a lot of money for some odd reason. Christy made a whole map of all these places, so whenever yes. this gets up, I'm sure we can post references and crap yeah, like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put up a map sometime within the next month or so. Um, and you'll get the art, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, I get to do that tonight. Um... What are we at? Oh, here's Riley. Oh, this is Riley. Russell Gold rocks my socks. Oh, I love his voice. He he came to us and he auditioned for a lot of the parts, and it was really hard to place him. Mm-hmm. But we uh, finally chose him for Riley because he just got that really gentle, sort of rounded sound that you would expect to find in someone who is very giving, and you know, that's what Riley is. Mm-hmm. He's sort of the hopeless romantic. Riley is, in fact, a character that Alex created, by yeah. the way. One of the few that, you know, I let into my writing spectrum <laughs> of other people's creations. I don't really like doing that a lot, but I like Riley. You know you like me, too. I do. I do. <laughs> well, Lexington, I created for you. You didn't create. This so. is true. Most of the characters I create for my friends, they don't create them, but Alex is special, and so she got to create Riley. Riley was created sometime... Uh, when I was... He was created a long time after, I think, Lexington and mm-hmm. Reese were. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to find his first... When was that roleplay we did? I have no idea. Usually what happens for a lot of these storylines, for at least for me, for a lot of what I do, they begin as uh, roleplay games on Instant Messenger or whatnot, where the characters can play out whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's Ari. Uh, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. You have so such a sweet voice. So sweet. I, I want her to be my real mommy. <laughs> mommy, give me some ale. <laughs> you run the tavern, mommy. <laughs> I like your real mom, though. Yeah, my real mom is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, me and my wit. Oh, you and your wit. <laughs> uh Getting the accent for Crido was the weirdest thing. Cause, yeah, like, we tried out a lot. First mm-hmm. we had, like, doing you doing Lithuanian, uh, Lithuanian accent. Where Which, it, uh, it's impossible for me to use a Lithuanian accent and sound like a boy. Mm-hmm. Because all the references I have of Lithuanian speakers are, in fact, female. And I'm just very aware that men and women talk differently. Yeah. And then we had you doing your regular voice, and then we mm-hmm. tried an Irish one. And finally we decided on... Um, Something like BFA, which BFA is basic fair accent. We work at the Renaissance Fair, and um, so it's an accent that's very near and dear to our hearts. And it's an accent that you don't usually hear in some of these productions because usually you use It's so outdated. Yeah, the standard English accent or the standard Irish, Scottish, or, you know, Spanish accents, French accents, whatever. But... Since Crida had to be sort of misplaced in Lunda Port, we figured it'd be a nice uh, clash to mm-hmm. have her have this BFA accent, which is really pronounced and very... Pronounced. And... Pronounced. And <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not wand. A, s- a couple of times, 
oh god there we go a couple <laughs> of times when i was recording i um would go a little too far into the fair accent which i don't know it, it's a weird like thing i have to step on because i don't know if if i say something like pronunciated well okay that's actually a pretty easy one to understand but um there are certain things in fair accent where you say things like pronunciated and and you pronounce words you don't generally pronounce and so it gets really confusing sometimes on what people are saying and yeah. you say head hade and <laughs> head hade water washer you know the point of the the accent at the time was to make yourself seem a lot more educated by edumacated edumacated <laughs> <laughs> by um elongating all the words that you that you said and you know just being very grand and whatnot that's what they teach you during the workshops like mm-hmm. if someone asks you hey where are the bathrooms you don't say oh uh i don't know you, <laughs> you you would get kicked out of fair. Yeah, or at least, and it's or... not interesting. I mean, we're on stage at fair, so what we're trying to do is amuse people. Mm-hmm. And So, if someone were to come up and ask you, excuse me, where are the bathrooms? Oh, well, by God's in death. Faith. In faith, in sooth. I do not know where the privy is. I am sorry, good sir. Yeah, and it's just so much more entertaining when you're told that way. Because then you're sitting there for a while, especially if you're not used to the accent going... Uh, what they what? just say? It draws you in. Not only that, but if they happen to not figure it out, then they're going to stand there and pee their pants. <laughs> and then it's funny for you. That's even funnier. Yeah. Alright, where the hell are we? We are. Oh, you just woke up. Oh god, I just woke <laughs> up. Um, so basically, um, the whole thing with that, uh, Lexi waking up is, we decided that she was a narcoleptic. Because it's funny, and it we like funny. things being funny. I think the inspiration for that was um, uh, the little group of friends that we had. We were all currently obsessed with Moulin Rouge. Yes, and yes. We, as high school kids are wont to do, uh, we all picked out characters for ourselves. Like, someone was Satine, someone was Ewan McGregor's character, somebody was... Uh, I was Toulouse. You were Toulouse? Yeah. I was Toulouse. You and were the narcoleptic I Argentinian. I was the, Ar- the narcoleptic Argentinian, so that got carried over into Lexi because... We figured it'd be a fun little thing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we have this fantastic image that is going to happen sometime in probably five, because I don't have room for it in four. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be fantastic, and you oh. will understand when you hear it. And so the plot thickens. Dun, dun, dun. And so they actually, you know, want to leave port. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, how about that? Had to happen sometime. Had to happen. Never happened in the comic. Oh, yeah, yeah. As far as it got in the comic, it went all the way up until Riley explains um, the love between Lexington Pretty and... Much. Oh, and, and the best thing about Russell Gold's performance is that it sounds like it, he loves her so much it hurts. It's a talent, <laughs> really. It's such a talent, and I'm really, really glad we got Russell to do this, mm-hmm. and... His voice is just so wonderful. I want to use it. I want to make him songs. sing. Make him sing. No, where everyone, everybody in this production has to sing something mm-hmm. at some point. Where everyone has to sing the like the tune of the land. Well, it doesn't have to be like everyone, but we we can sort of just have this certain a recurring thing. tune. Yes. Although it won't happen, not yet. Um, in episode three, there's two songs and one mild song, but mm-hmm. it, I don't really. I completely forgot it was a song, <laughs> and therefore forgot to get music for it. But, um, yeah. <coughs> oh! Uh, oh! Oh! This is, like, the greatest scene. 
Jason found himself standing clueless before a hole in the ground <gasps> until, of course, <gasps> moments later, when, when he was, was pushed. pushed. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the little yell right here. I, I think it's, it's adorable. <laughs> so now we finally meet uh, Prince Prince Damien, Damien Castanel, Castanel of Alia. Oh, that's so grand sounding, isn't it? Yeah, Castanel was actually an addition of, I don't know, I created it five months ago. He didn't have a last name, but then I decided <laughs> he needed one. He's a prince, after all. Yes. Princes and, need, you know, distinction. And you have things like the Tudor families and all that. And although... Arisa doesn't have a last name, but I don't really want to give her one. No, she doesn't. She doesn't, she need, doesn't one. need one. She she has her reputation to speak for her. Did a rat yes. just get eaten? Yes, a rat just get, got eaten. That sound effect was my favorite part of, of editing. This scene was the first one to get finished, by mm -hmm. the way. Um, completely finished, I mean. Because, uh, well, I, as soon as I finished recording um, Elisa's lines, as uh, I have to go over there to record her lines... Um, she said, I want to hear it, I want to hear it. And since I already had, um, James's lines for Damien, I just recorded it, I, I, um, spliced it all together in her room. And it took me about an hour. <laughs> or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was fun. Anyways, so, so the rat, um, is a mix of three different sound effects. It's a rock hitting something. And then, you know, it's got the echo effect on it. And then... Um, it is the sound of a an albino bunny, I believe, screeching, and then um, albino bunnies, really? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then somebody eating cereal, something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I could go back and check, but but it all alchemized together so beautifully. Yes, and it sounds disgusting, which is beautiful. Uh -huh. And I love watching people's faces when they hear that scene, and they just turn and look at me, especially Robert. Robert has the best reactions to that. Yeah, he does. I, I jumped when I first heard it, because <laughs> it was just so surprising. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, this is um James Watuski as Prince Damien Castanel of Alia, mm -hmm. and our good friend Elisa Michelle Ruprecht Breen as Seve Arkay. Funny thing about Elisa is that she's got a lot of personality traits similar to Arisa, and I didn't meet Elisa until, what, two, three years ago? Two years ago, yeah. I think. So, Arisa was one of the original characters that I'd created when I was 13. Lo and behold, I end up befriending a girl named Elisa, who happens to be a very pasty girl with red hair, and, and ha is it, it extremely like sickly, it and... Like it it's just one of the weirder perks of my life. <laughs> it's so great when your art comes to life, doesn't it? Oh yes, I'm just waiting for Reese. <laughs> <laughs> Another note about accents, um Elisa gets to have fun because she doesn't have one particular solidified accent. Right. In it pulls from like Russian and French. Russian, and French, German Yeah. All like the kinda hard sounding languages. Mm -hmm. Um in the original comics of had the most peculiar spelling for her dialogue because fact, she had a heavy accent. Yeah, I actually wrote out her accent as it was in her little speech bubbles, put a little asterisk next to every single word she spoke, well, not every word, but, like, every speech bubble, and put a translation at the bottom because she had a nigh, like, unknowable way of speaking. I, I gotta tell you, I really needed those little asterisks and notes because I couldn't understand a word of her dialogue. I, I, I worked hard on that, on that accent. 
<laughs> no, it was beautiful. I made it consistent, too, in the comic, but I wanted it to actually be understandable, considering this is an audio play. <laughs> so, we didn't go for that accent. It That accent was some debauchery of Cockney, French, and... and... Australian. Mm-hmm. Something like Something that. Something odd like that. I, I know that... Uh, one of the lines that kept being repeated just to, between us was like, Your father... Is your, your father f- dead? Is your father dead? <laughs> yes, because I spelled that F A Z Z E R H. Oh, oh, the sounds of frustration. Oh, yeah. No! Xander oh! Mobus, who's actually more commonly known as Motley Fool, um, he gave me some great, uh, like, the agonized yells are. They amuse me to know. I, I gotta wonder, you know, what he was doing behind the microphone to, yeah. to, to prompt these. Like, maybe he, had yeah. his, maybe he had his girlfriend pinching him or something like that. <laughs> Either that or, I don't know, he could actually have been dropping stuff. No, it didn't sound like that. Well, I mean, it's a good technique. I mean, yes. you hit me whenever I have to yelp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll see the results of that in episode two. <laughs> that was fun. No, oh, I hate you. <laughs> I'm just saying it was fun. I need to make Lex fall asleep again, because she hasn't done that in episode two. Well, whoopsies. Let's Lazy writing. <laughs> Lazy writing, ha ha ha. Continuity lost. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I had problems with this scene, because for some odd reason, uh, Xander's lines kept coming through kind of shifty and... and not loud enough. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it seems to have worked out. It does. It works out, I can out, hear him right? fine now. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, especially thing. since it's really quiet right now. And I'm really sorry for the fact that my fan's blowing like, whoa. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Hey, hey boo boo <laughs> Oh, man. Wavelink. Yeah. Best We're on ever. the same brain. That's why Alex is my co compatriot my compatriot compatriot yeah we we have a theory that we were somehow separated at birth and given off to two different families or that you know we have a half a brain each and it just got split off i'm willing to go with that theory considering how much i forget i just don't have room thanks to you it's all your fault i'm sorry i'm sorry it's all my fault i'm sorry (laughs) so now i think we have uh are a little explanation of what's happened in Nakrita, at least a little bit. Or rather, how much she remembers, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell, She is... can remember her name. Oh boy. And she's gleeful about that. Even then, she might not be correct about her name. But you know what? She seems happy enough, we'll go with it. Uh-huh. She's very gleeful. Ooh, ooh, do another! Do another! Oh, do another! <laughs> it's weird going between, like, having to sound like a man and not. Oh no, I feel ya. Yeah. I, you get to do that. I get to do that too. Next time on Eye for an Eye. <laughs> so, the reason that's there is because I was like, what is something weird for, I don't know, someone of the pirate aff- affliction to uh, to think of first? Of course, something non-manly and terribly silly would be pink. Pink. Then I had to think of why. <laughs> you know, it's a very clever reason why. Oh, why, thank you. I'm, I'm apparently clever. Yay. Oh, oh, foreshadowing here. <laughs> of, uh, the main 
antagonist. Oh, the main antagonist, yes. I can't wait. Episode four. He never really got fleshed out too much in the in the comics. And... Mm, no, he got fleshed out a lot. I drew so many pictures of him and him and Jimmy, and I I wrote a lot of backstory for them. It just never got put in the comic. Well, then we're prepared. Yep. <laughs> the people but... who didn't get a lot of backstory were actually Riley. Only really had the constantly in love with Lex, willing to do anything for her, sort of thing, willing yeah. to protect her to the very end. Um, Eric didn't really get a lot of backstory. Um, I don't think Eric ever... Did he ever travel past Luna Port in the original story? Yes, he did. Alright. Eric was in the very original picture I have. Um, the original picture I had of all these characters, it has um, Kryda in this silly sort of much more feminine getup than I imagined her afterwards. Of course, because you um, were 13. Yes. And then uh, Orisa at the time, instead of being an albino princess with dyed red hair, was in fact um, tan beyond reason with blonde hair. And the reason for that is because the people of Soul Glen are very tan. And then I don't remember why I made her albino. I think it's because I read the Da Vinci Code and thought albinos were cool. Albinos are always cool. <laughs> and then, um, oh yeah, so Eric at the time that I originally drew him was um, actually a little kid. Um, uh, I love the backing for this part. The serpentine um, trek. It's so beautiful. Well, it looks like this episode is uh, nope, coming nope, nope. to a we close. No, no, no. We still have until until the very end credits. Until the very end credits. Yeah. You're gonna drag. You're gonna drag this out that long. Oh yeah. Well, because I'm amused at the very end of the credits. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so so we have all characters you recognize so far. Mm-hmm. And um. Oh yeah. So I was explaining about the picture. And then who else was in it? Um. Jack's, um, Lazierge's, uh, monkey was in that picture, too. Pulling, oh, wait, no, 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 sorry, that's Flynn. Um, Flynn's in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the inspiration for Tander, who you'll see in the next episode. And there's a voice you recognize, but not a character. Uh-huh. Uh, but yes. Episode two escapes. This <laughs> is audio done. Um, so yes, we have a fantastic cast. Mm -hmm. We got so many auditions. We got 18 guys auditioned and, well, only five girls, but that was for, what, three parts? I think so. Something like that. I'm 18 guys. 18. That's, that's like, really, really impressive. Mm -hmm. At least by everything that I've seen. It's usually the girls who go for all the parts, you know? Exactly, but, I don't know, I think it was more challenging for the girls this time around. I'm really happy with the cast that we have. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's nice to to actually hear all the characters come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, and hey, if we ever decide to do an animation, then there, yes. we, there you go. We got the backing for it. That's uh, the fellow. The fellow again, John Bell. You're amazing. We love you. Thank you so much, man. And he he got me his lines back so quickly after I cast him too. So professional. I love it. I. Uh, it's fantastic. You know, I'm I'm glad that you took my job as the uh, the reader of the people in the in the story. Hmm. The reader of the people. At the end of the 
episode. Oh. Where you read off Oh, yes, yes. Who's in it? The announcer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and the outtakes. So, these weren't necessarily outtakes. Well, okay. They're, um, Jeremy Pierce's line isn't an outtake. It was merely an improv that mm-hmm. I wish I could have used, but I didn't. It's so silly. Joan Bell, on the other hand, um, <laughs> Kevin McLeod's name is spelled M-C-L-E-O-D, which looks like Kevin McLeod, but, um, and plus, I've heard it on other shows pronounced apparently incorrectly, and my friend Renee Christine Jones told me, oh, it's actually pronounced Kevin McLeod. So, <laughs> it was funny, because uh, ja- John had no clue how to pronounce it, and so he gave me a whole bunch of different takes. <laughs> And finally just whittled down to, Kevin did the music for the show. <laughs> Anyways, so we have finished, and we are so thankful that you've sat through this, and... I hope you enjoyed the show so far, and mm-hmm. uh, there's gonna be many more to come. So, um... Thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy. Yar. 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 <laughs>